I'm from East Anglia, though, so I'm from the other side, so I do it in a, in a Suffolk action. You're right, boy. Welcome to Sapnin Podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Southern Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 245 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. <laughs> yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And I don't know. I want to start with a question. Oh, God. What's more 2010 scene kid? Bow ties on dead guys or wearing neon on the dance halls? Well, I have never worn a bow tie. Also, I've never been dead, I suppose. Have I been dead? No, I have been dead. Um, <laughs> I've never been dead, so I've never worn a bow tie. And also, I've never worn neon on the dance floor. But anyway, this week's guest is singer, songwriter, author, and Gordon Ramsay's mucker, the mighty <laughs> Kia Kemp of Fearless Vampire Killers. Yes, gothic theatrics, emo lifestyles, and a love for continents. Of all things, but Kia and Fearless Vampire Killers have been through it all in the music industry. What a staple in that darker side to the 2010s alternative UK scene that we know and love. And the band who have just always tried to provide a spectacle. Like most bands at that time, they broke up in 2016. But after a surprise reunion last year, they have been hitting the road non-stop, killing it at festivals and are currently in the studio working on new music. Kia has such an interesting story. So with Fearless Vampire Killers playing Download earlier this summer, I wanted to get all three of us together in a quiet corner and dissect a lot of things about the band's past, future, and just a lot of his business adventures and affect the industry has had on his mental health and overcoming that. I feel like there's a lot of parallels between their story and the blackout and with you both of you playing big shows that weekend it kind of makes sense to kind of uh, dive into those a little bit and the slightly different worlds but circumstances uh, surrounding everything uh it was a great great time catching up with kia i hadn't seen him for quite some time so this was lovely it was good to hear everything that's going on that he's battled through his mental health to be with us today and that was Probably the best bit of it all, to be honest. I enjoyed his stories, band life to, as he said, post-band life depression to 
getting through it to being Gordon Ramsay's mucker is all <laughs> awesome. And um, I am chuffed to death for Kia um, to be back with the band because I know what it's like to lose a band when you really, really want to be in a band. <laughs> and um, yeah, so congratulations to those guys. I'm glad they're doing very, very well. And um, yes, I hope that we get to see them very, very soon. Yeah, and we've got to commend him for being super honest with us throughout this conversation about a lot of things. Not only uh, do we talk about what's going on with the band and celebrating that music, but he talks about being an author and putting out his new book, Obsessed to Progress, uh, How to Channel Healthy Obsessions into Living Your Dream. That was very interesting. And he's also a massive food junkie. He runs a condiment company, for adventurous eaters called Condomaniac. And as Sean's alluded to, you might have seen him on the BBC recently as a contestant on Gordon Ramsay's Future Food Stars. So obviously we talk about all of that. Did, wait, I didn't see the show, but is he, did he win? Is he Future Food Star? Or is, it, is that it now? <laughs> if you don't win that conversation, if you don't win that competition, do you have to like stop? Go, oh, I'm never going to cook anything ever again now, innit? It's just cereal for the rest of my life. It's <laughs> just cereal, just cereal. Yeah. There's just just the condiments on their own. He's not going to put it on anything. He's just got. Yeah, I love the idea of like every week the competition. He just Gordon Ramsay just votes off one person who's never allowed to cook again. <laughs> That's it. You're banned. You fucker. Oh, whoa, Gordon. It's the BBC. Yes, or I'm doing too many hand movements and I'm swearing like hell. Yeah, nice one, Gordon. Uh, but speaking of uh, FVK festivals and yourself, Sean, uh, you're all going to be playing a brand new festival in Bristol uh, this September. Yes, we are doing Misery Loves Company Festival and what a fucking lineup. And by we, I mean my band Raiders. Sorry, I forgot that I've got two bands brilliant brilliant festival that is being put on by some amazing people in bristol and the lineup is fucking stonking it's so good i had to bring stonking back from the 90s look wow. just to say how good the lineup is so yeah check it out misery loves company i think it's mlc fest mlc fest on twitter and instagram and stuff like that so check it out it's gonna be a fucking brilliant one yeah september 30th that's a saturday across four venues in bristol and the lineup has Raiders, Fearless Vampire Killers, Twin Atlantic, Yonica, Witch Fever, In Me, Lake Malice, Raptors, The Excerpts. It's an absolute mates fest, especially <laughs> for this podcast. Uh, so go and check it out and go and watch those bands. But before we get into this conversation, uh, just a little reminder to go and follow us at Pod on Twitter and Instagram or X or wherever the fuck these social media things oh, are at the moment. X. Oh, bro, that's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I just realized X, like, yeah, Twitter, Twitter, guys, it's always going to be fucking Twitter. It's always going to be, him. it's always going to be. Fuck him. If you are, you would have seen we were running a uh, surprise competition on there oh. this week that we'll tell you more about later on. And go and support the podcast at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnin uh, to get a load of extra rewards and to meet some new friends, go to festivals and gigs together and have a giant laugh. Without any further ado, this is the wonderful Kia Kemp Backstage at Downloads Festival 2023. It is, mate. Sapnin! Sapnin! It is fucking Kia, mate. Honest, no? Serious.
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sapnin! 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 Yes! We are joined by Kia of the mighty Fearless Vampire Killers. How are you? All right, thanks, mate. Yeah, like, I'm in, I'm in our ancestral home download vessel, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, yeah well, we were talking just before this, and you said being back feels like home. It does, yeah. I mean, this is our fourth time playing, and um, which I'm pinching myself at, to be honest, because the first time we ever played this place, it was like... I remember still we were we were in a meeting in our like uh, our manager was like worked for a merch company at the time and like Andrew uh, like um, booking agent came in and was like yeah we've got we've got download festival and I was like <laughs> mind blown um, and then to think we've now played it like four times on nearly every stage I think the main stage is the last one to oh. to conquer so it's going to be next I mean, year or year <laughs> after I suppose really. yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're listening. so yeah it's, I feel really lucky to be here to be nice. honest nice well, when was when was the last time you played so that would have been 2015 or 16 I'm wow. trying to remember I think it was 15 yeah 2015 which is yeah again it makes me feel old that's the thing you might know because you're because of your band when you <laughs> yeah. go away and come back for a bit everyone's like oh, <laughs> well, I'm, much older. I'm probably much older than you so <laughs> oh, how old do you feel I feel older well that's the thing that's why I wanted uh, us to have this uh, conversation because really, I think there's a lot of different para- there's a lot of parallels um, between you two guys in particular but very different stories and I we've mean we've both got four letter names <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah two singers yeah. though two yeah. lead singers a little bit gothic nice uh, yeah you know, you know, there's a lot we both love it. black <laughs> yeah yeah that's it nice. and that's when it ends and that's it thank you very much for coming with us thank you no I mean but when, when you look at the last couple of years in particular you know everything with the band coming back together and now being able to play Download Festival how has it felt for you just recently just kind of wrapping your head ar- around it and, and doing this again um it's yeah it's always like a little bit of a change of change of pace but also it's like riding a bike right you kind of slot back into it but i think i'd be interested to what see what you think about it sean but i, I kind of like like i feel like when you've had time away you learn to appreciate what the process of being a creative i think it's taken me this long i genuinely think that 
musician it took me i'm 33 now it took me like this whole time from my like teens to now to kind of work out how to be a creative and actually enjoy it because anyone who's naturally ambitious kind of goes oh you know we've got to do everything and you know every other time we've been here there's always been an agenda and it's always like gotta do this gotta do that go do this press like blah, blah blah but when when you've had a bit of time to like experience other things like you know i started my business and i did various other stuff like you, when you come back to it it's just better yeah, <laughs> in a lot of ways because you're so. just like wow I'm lucky you feel lucky because you realise that um, you know we don't get paid really we would get paid that's not a, you know download does pay us I just want to make it <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah. you like, you like you know it's not about money or anything like that but it's um, but you realise that you're extremely lucky to have these experiences and I basically just we just played and I just nearly cried on stage because it was yeah. just like yeah I saw your your show as well. Like, like, like the pictures online cried. look amazing, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like you know you have those moments. And you're just like, oh, this is. You realise why you do it. I think you bang right with that. Yeah, it's we don't. Not that we didn't appreciate it the first time round, but it was so ha- it was happening so fast, mm. and it felt like it would probably never go away back then. To the point where like. I didn't go. I never went really sightseeing when we were toured places. So like we played Australia and stuff, and like all the boys are like, "We're going to see the Opera House," and I was like, "I'm going to watch the Oscars," because I thought, "Oh, well, we'll be back next year." And then the band ended, and I was like, "Oh, I might never go back to Australia ever again. Yeah, I have missed yeah. out completely." But it has taken working and doing other things in life to be like. How lucky was I to have been in a band that fucking toured, that played, to, and anyone give a shit. And now, like, more, more than ever, like, I, I appreciate it more than ever. And then I think Monday when the Blackout did our first show back, I think everybody in the band finally had that again. Because, like, before it, I think when we, when we got back together, some of them were, like, unsure about getting back together. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's because we, like, it was so difficult when it ended that we, like, mourned. You have, like, PTSD, and I don't yeah. use that word lightly in the sense that I get it, like, it's a real thing. But you do, like, like, like I, we all did with us. When you come back and you, you, form, you form such habits the first time round, and um, you kind of, uh, some of them very toxic, just because, you know, whenever you're trying to do something that's very hard, that's very challenging and, like, very, you know, intense, you kind of fall into these, these old ways. And you're and you're really keen to not repeat history in a lot of ways. So you genuinely, yeah, coming back, you're like, I can completely understand the sort of trepidation coming back because you're worried about getting hurt. Again. Mm, very really? much so. Yeah. That's very much so. I think that's why the Blacker won't write anything new. Like, I think going forward, we might do some other shows, but yeah, I don't think we want to write anything new because we all mourned it. Like, we literally mourned mm, it, dude, when it, it when it finished. Um, so yeah, it was it was thing, but but yeah, to see that you've got new like a new lease of life for it is it's awesome. That's yeah, it's exciting. really cool. I mean, I it's just such a bizarre kind of scenario. Like I would liken it to having a divorce, but with four people, <laughs> and then kind of like re re like going to a swingers club and then like catching each other's eye across the room and then being like oh yeah you know actually we had some pretty good chemistry (laughs) we fuck each other the best (laughs) (laughs) we shouldn't fuck other people yeah Yeah, it's like that so it's just weird um 
But yeah, so yeah, like, you know, I like the swing. I think this whole reference. podcast will just me, <laughs> us two, like fucking going. No, really it, from doing this for the last few years and talking to other people in kind of similar situations, it does seem that you know when you do it the first time around, there's such a business ethic towards it. If you like it or not, you're kind of stuck in that world, and you're really focused on what you're doing, and you can get better between little things. And then when there's moments like this, and you get to do it again, you, everything is really a new appreciation. It's, it's almost like that side of it is removed and you can just yeah. enjoy it for what it's worth. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's like the exuberance of youth, really, is it is like kind of like a, a bit of a curse in the sense that anyone who wants seriously wants to be in a band, not as a hobby, realises that it's all-encompassing. You know, it's your life. You don't really see your, uh, like your old friends as much as you would. Your band are like your family. Um, and... You spend all your time together, all you talk about, all you think about, all you do, because it's like a really hard thing to do, right? And you think about, there's millions of bands out there. I don't know how many, yeah, millions, not billions. That'd be quite <laughs> oh, right. yeah. be, there's got millions, millions. There's millions of bands. And most of them never even get off the pub circuit. 99% of them don't. Right, yeah. let alone get to where we were and stuff like that. And, um, and then you, you, the the amount of work that has to go into that because most people don't realise that it's like there is luck in it, but in order to you have to make your own luck and you have to basically like, I always say like take yourself to that kind of like ten percent threshold where you kind of go like like ten percent is work, ninety percent is luck, but you have to get to that. You have to work really hard to give yourself that ten percent chance, and. We did. We were kind of lucky to where we got. Not like we were an international superstars or anything, but we did. I think we have an amazing fan base. But you have to work so doggedly to get to that point mm. that it takes its toll. And that was basically what it was of us. We just like... Yeah. But as well, because you've worked so hard and you've had that fan base and it proves how loyal they've been coming back, it's kind of like, well, that was so special. Why did we get rid of that? You know, you kind of want to hold on to that and... and yeah really kind of reward those people for sticking with you for so long even when you were away you do and i think what you do as well is you realize you have other life experiences you kind of go because you're you're in a bubble when you're in a band basically like if you're doing it full time you're just like you're in this like little world together and you don't really have any perspective on what normal life is like because we you know you know i'm a working class kid i've never had any money and stuff like that and we we, we came we moved to london when we were 18 and then we got jobs and then all of a sudden, you know, we were on Kerrang tour and doing stuff like that. And, and then we had some other tours lined up and we were like, oh God, we have to leave our jobs. We don't know how we're going to pay for anything. We have to leave our jobs because we can't stay employed because we've got too much, too many shows to do. And then that happens. And what we probably should have done was go back and get jobs. <laughs> but it felt like cheating. It felt like, oh no, no, we're full-time musicians now. <laughs> so it was weird. So, so you kind of do that. And then, yeah, you're just in this weird kind of place i can't even remember the original question but i know <laughs> i was, I was thinking about this the other day and i was thinking how basically it's lost on it like when we were because like, we were basically we were both like you know young wide-eyed fucking mm. you know late teens kids kind of when we got into it so uh, and that's kind of lost on it it's like now that we appreciate it more because we've been out there and worked part of me thinks that the music scene would be better if bands didn't get popular till they were like 30 plus. <laughs> so they've had the life experience yeah. and go out there and do the jobs and stuff first. Because us gig, we weren't, not that we were given it, because like you said, we worked fucking hard for that 10%. But when we got the things we wanted, 
we were just too young to realize how fucking brilliant they were yeah. and how much we should take it all in because I was just so like we've got to carry on we've got to tour we've got to yeah, make what's this next, right? what's what's the next you always look in the next thing and you're like next you keep moving the goalposts I remember I remember saying like so we shared a flat we lived in Finsley Park in London and we had a two bedroom flat and at one point I think there was eight of us in there in a wow. two bedroom flat so the whole band lived there plus some mates that would come wow. through London and stuff like that um, it was like a pigsty but it was amazing so I never went to university so that was like my university and it was it was it was really cool but it was hard as well living living together and um, and yeah you know like when you're when you're kind of in that whole thing you don't really realise exactly what like what you have and where you're going sorry I, I kind of trailed off yeah, my mind no. but yeah anyway like, like I, I, what I'm saying my friend <laughs> is I agree I get it it's just, yeah. it's just it's crazy yeah well what I found really interesting about your return in particular was that like the first gig back was quite like really hushed like secret set kind of vibes only the people people turned up but like a lot of people didn't know this was even going to be a thing until they saw it on social media afterwards what was the thought process and like the plan behind that rather than just saying we're coming back and, and doing a show so it was um it's for similar reasons that sean was saying earlier it was like um we we were kind of still a li- little bit sort of worried about things didn't really know if anyone would care um and we we wanted to dip our toes in before we sort of it would have been difficult to like jump and do something like this um at download so we we basically made a fake band and did like a you know made a facebook profile and wrote a little bio on there and did smart work and stuff like that it wasn't any pictures or anything obviously but and then um, ran some ads on Facebook for this gig <laughs> that were like, uh, you know, come and see five after the flame. So it was like a reference of one of our like lyrics after the flames. The band was called um, and and yeah, people cottoned on pretty quickly. And then it just like it, yeah, so it was just at the back black heart. So it was like 150 people, but it sold out like immediately. So that was when we were like, oh, actually, yeah, it seems like people people want this. Um, so yeah there's a little bit of theatricality to it obviously <laughs> because like we like doing that kind of like my favorite bands are like you know green day my chemical romance bands like that and yeah, that's exactly what green day would do they'd just go and like do like some yeah well foxborough hot tubs and stuff like that they were all they're always doing things like that and um so yeah we thought it would be interesting and we were kind of like it was our way of easing ourselves in rather than sort of throwing and being like Philip oh my goodness back who cares that's the worry no, that's we, had, we had the exact same thing with the blackout it's like um, we got offered to do this and the boy was like yeah yeah that'd be cool and then when we um, I emailed Coppin and said is there any chance we could do a warm up show and he said yeah go, go wild so we put this show on sale on a Friday at 12 o'clock and um, 11.59 Gavin the other singer from the blackout message going Boys had a nightmare last night that we we're really going to struggle to sell this gig, and then twelve o'clock came. Reese said, "We should be all right. We had some good engagement on the Instagram." <laughs> right? And I was like, "Oh, that's horrible. That's buzzing." Yeah, there that. you go. Twelve o one, it was sold out. Amazing. So then I was like, "Boys, it's sold out." And yeah, there was everybody kind of uh, apart from me. Like I knew people were, were still interested. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, you know, not not to the level they were before, but I get that some people because I hear all the time that people are asking for it. So, was there anybody in your band who was I'm in an R in? Was there yeah, anyone totally. you had to persuade to do it? 
Kind of, yeah. That's a really good question. So I would say like like so me and Lawrence so the, part of the reason I left the band was because me and Lawrence are kind of like a married couple we've extremely we've been like best friends since we were like nine years old and um it basically grew into this sort of marriage and then like um and then we sort of fell out in the sense that because we were like we're very different characters and and um yeah, it was just very intense. You know, I don't know, mm. like, like, have you been in a relationship like that? <laughs> like, like, it's like a romantic relationship for most of us. There's like a weird mythology, not in a real, you know, but just it feels that way. Like, there's a sort of thing between us. Anyway, so, and we had got to a point where we weren't really getting on at all because of just the scenario we put ourselves in. And I was basically our day-to-day manager. And like, when you have to like tell your friends what to do all the <laughs> yeah. time, it eventually takes its toll because they oh, stop yeah. seeing you as a mate. And they start seeing you as a manager. Yeah, the boss. Like that's yeah. rubbish. And like, like, um, that's naturally what I'm like. I like, I like, you know, I'm not bossy, but I, I, I would take control of things. And that just completely destroyed our relationship. But as always, was like our relationship has always been very fiery. Like we'd have massive blistering arguments, and then we'd like kind of make up <laughs> about an hour later. Um, so me and Lawrence were actually very quick. We just went. We, I had one drink and we were because I'd thought about it it was partly the My Chemical Romance reunion that sort of got me thinking it oh. wasn't because My Chemical Romance are back let's uh, let's cash in on this <laughs> there's no there's no cashing in we're not making any money it's uh, it was because how I felt when My Chemical Romance came back snap I was like this band it was so important to me and they came back and I just felt like I don't know the world was right again I was like because stuff's been pretty rubbish for anyone who's been watching the news and, uh, and they came out and I was like this is just really I don't know it re- and the, the impact that, that had on me made me think about the impact that we we would have on other people and and yeah and, and then that was kind of what spurred me to talk to Lawrence and then yeah there was some hot at Shane uh, like lead guitarist has a very like good career in sort of 3D animation is an extremely talented guy he's been working on the like, the last Matrix movie and everything like that like and loads of Netflix shows and things like he's wow. got like a proper job um, and uh, and you know Drew and like Luke was straight in Drew was sort of like Drew had been very hurt by it too so Drew was sort of took a while me and drew had to have a few drinks really and sort of get be friends again which is really important because i think like you know like that's what we'd lost that's why the band split up so yeah the long the long story short there was varying degrees of holdouts me and lawrence were very instantaneous but that's kind of how we've always been and then we kind of all like patched things up over time and um it's a very delicate situation like and i think but now again we're closer in a lot of ways than we've ever been because we've got shared history and like um and we're all going through the same thing and and i'm like i say i'm less like i'm one of the guys now in the sense that i'm just letting stuff happen and see what enjoying it are you still day-to-day managing though yeah yeah to a degree like 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 we have people but like you know you can't just completely switch that off like i'm the organized guy but i'm not uh, I'm trying my best to switch off when I need to. Like today, like we've we've got our crew and they've done an amazing job, and we had an amazing show, and I've and I enjoyed it. So like it's, it's I, I have it's like we were saying the experience, right? We were like 
we have had the benefit of experience and now I, I have the tools I need to enjoy it. And I'm completely with you about the band should kind of start at 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just be better. I just had it, you know, I was thinking, it's kind of wasted on the youth. Like, it is. Yeah, like, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I heard somebody say the sentence, um, the youth is wasted on the youth just because you don't appreciate yeah. the fun you can have when you're, you're just doing it. And then, like, when you have to get a fucking job or whatever or it's just like oh fuck no yeah it's rubbish oh. but if we'd done that if I'd gone into a job first if I'd carried on at like Castle Bingo or whatever mm. I was like when I was 16 yeah I did that till I was like 30 and then the band took off I think I would be a better place mentally and then ultimately I would have learned to have appreciate that more than is that where you work sorry bingo I, yeah, oh, <laughs> at one point four members of the black I worked in the same bingo hall. that's amazing none of them are announcers though none uh, of yeah, them are announcers no, no 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 I was gutted <laughs> I never <laughs> you didn't get that didn't no. get offered it no. never got offered it <laughs> it's because you would have screamed the number though I reckon yeah, that's, that's true, probably yeah. Yeah, yeah that's why two fat ladies <laughs> you and you get up you bitches <laughs> oh that's god that's so good yeah but like yeah it's so great to hear that you've all kind of patched that up and and being able to to move forward and i mean away from the band in that period when it was not around anymore was it kind of hard mentally for you to get into music and stuff was it kind of like the door kind of shut i had a complete breakdown so okay like, like as in i didn't realize that that was why but basically i left in 2016 2017 um, I wrote a book about this. If anyone wants the details, it's in there. But it's like I, 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 I had to go back and job, and I, and I started working with like tech startups in London because I thought that was like, I don't know, it like like a, a mate of mine had been like, you know, this is like a pretty like vibrant environment. You can kind of like do what you want. It's probably better suited to you. So I'd work at these tech startups. But it was really intense. And one day I was just walking along and just went really fucking dizzy, bounced off a wall and um could barely stand and then i was like uh i think i'm having a i thought i was having a heart attack i thought like something i thought i had a brain tumor i thought something was really really wrong and it was really wrong it just wasn't with any of my physical body it was just with my mind and i basically burnt myself out slash like because there'd been a bit of a lot of backlash when i'd left the band because it wasn't like no fans don't know I left because I was miserable and um, yeah, I was, I was just, I, I was just miserable. I didn't know where to go with it. And um, so I think all of that happened. There was a lot of stuff going on, started a new job, backlash from fans. My parents weirdly were like going through this thing at the time. My mum was calling me up being like, your dad's a bastard. And I was like, oh God, like, mum, this is weird. Like, 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 and, this, and there was just lots and it just, something just snapped. I also took some dodgy drugs, I think, as well, and uh, and I think that I think that didn't help. <laughs> Fair enough. So don't take drugs, kids. Yeah. It's a bad yeah. idea. I was going to say, were they prescription or were they? Uh... No, they weren't. They were. Um, well, it depends what you class as a prescription. Um, so I did. I didn't really. I hadn't. I'd never taken anything strong until that point, and then I basically took some strong drugs, and it, I think that was the the catalyst for my mind finally snapping. So, uh, yeah, that happened. And then I got diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, which I hated because everyone's like, <laughs> like, that's such a millennial cliche, isn't it? I was like, oh, God, I've got anxiety. You're like, I, I genuinely thought I was dying. I had every test under the sun. And then eventually they went, 
this is what it is wow and i was like uh so um so yeah that that kind of all happened and then i sort of had to re- like learn to recover from that mm. i just haven't recovered really i took I, I took some medicine and it made me better <laughs> but uh it's just yeah it's just fascinating the way the brain can just like do that yeah yeah 100 yeah, so. yeah. well, percent. yeah i'm glad yeah i'm glad you're uh, better yeah yeah we're okay like like i'll never be like i've just come to terms with the fact that i will never be the way i was when i was like 22 21 I won't have that emotional, physical constitution anymore. But um, but I think yeah, everybody kind of needs to realize that, though. Like that's because that's the thing. It's like like me now. Like when I look at my like back at the blackouts, past glories or whatever, I was like fucking twenty four, twenty five, <laughs> you know, twenty six. Yeah. yeah, and now oh God, oh, I'm yeah. Um, much, much, much older. And um, yeah, you twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> twenty six and a half. We're basically dead. And, um, yeah, it's just. It's just a kind of weird one to navigate, and it's strange, it and it's like, yeah, I'm not the person I was back then at all, or I could never get back there. Like, I've got, you know, obvious, <laughs> obvious, I don't know if it's obvious, <laughs> obvious mental problems, man. <laughs> yeah, obvious right, mental yeah problems. right, if anyone's listened to these yeah, before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know I've got obvious mental problems. <laughs> but yeah, it's... um. But yeah, it's been a, like, obviously it's been a struggle to get through because, yeah, when the band split up, I was at some of the lowest points of my fucking life and I genuinely felt like I had fucking nothing and because everything I had to offer was being a front man or basically a stand-up comedian, I guess, with a band to save me when my jokes don't work. Yeah. <laughs> so... Oh, the opposite of me. I'm like, not, like, very not funny. Anyway, okay. <laughs> But no, I've learned... You know, I've, I've got things now, coping mechanisms that I've learned over time that is so detrimental that if I'd had back then, it would yeah, have been, been great, unbelievable, right? Like, but yeah, yeah. I, I think the way I would look at it is like when I left the band, I completely broke down and then I've had to build myself up again from like nothing because it's your identity when you're like that kind of person and you're, it doesn't even need to be music. If you've, I always think about athletes. That's one thing that kind of like, fascinates me like um and it's well documented like uh sort of olympic athletes they've dedicated their whole life to mm. something and then and then after they, they, they either well whether they get it or they don't they usually completely break down whether they reach the pinnacle or they leave it because you've dedicated so much of your your self-worth to this thing as soon as it's not there you don't know who you are you've lost your complete you've lost your sense of identity and you have to yeah you have to build it up from zero which is um tough um and i know this really sounds like boohoo musician no, 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 we've had ian winwood on the podcast right and oh like, ian i love yeah. ian Thank so he's got a book called bodies right yeah which, yeah, 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 yeah good read really very good read and we had him on the podcast and he was talking to him about it and he was like there's so many people in bands who don't see the band as a job, like as a serious job. Like, yeah. When it, like, like now you, you tongue in cheek then, you were like, oh, you know, we sound whinge, whinge. But we, he taught me that we do have the right to have <laughs> yeah. that whinge. Yeah. Because it is a fucking job. And we are working. And we have been working harder than a lot of people have. Mm, and even yeah. though we've, you know, we're put on a pedestal by people, it doesn't fuck. If you strip that away, you're still working like fuck. You're working uh, hard to get ass. there. Like, I, like genuinely, being in a band is ninety percent lifting things and and waiting or, and walking places and like stuff like that, and then one percent being on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's mainly manual labour. 
So make sure manual labour and mixed with being uh, a marketing. Yeah, accounting and um, diary keeping. Everything. But this is, again, this is something I feel really strongly about. Like, being in a band is like almost the best way of learning life skills. I think, I think, fuck the curriculum. Like, go and like, just be in a band for like two years and learn everything that you need to know when you yeah, go you to like a social media life. manager <laughs> yeah you become genuinely yeah you become an actual manager you um, you become perfectly aware where the wi-fi codes are you can survive on hummus yeah you're an artist mm. you're a merch designer you're a, a merch seller no yeah. yeah if you look at my linkedin right i did i basically <laughs> put <laughs> the blackout and then t- put every the job things. technically yeah. every job i've yeah, done right. blackout videographer that's exactly what I did because we in FBK we um, started our own record label as well. Like actually, it still exists technically because it's like a limited company. And I was like in my CV, they were like, "Oh, you know, people say like, well, have you got this gap in your CV?'" I didn't have a gap. I was like the, the director of a record label for like however many years. So it's like, and I listed all the stuff that I did. And I think this is the thing. I think people, you you bang on, my friend. People just think that they're like there's this image. Both as band members, as musicians, and the wider world that you're kind of like bumming about. Yeah. yeah, yeah but you're yeah. not. You're Lord. learning these amazing life skills and you're like earning your place among society. And it's, I, I just genuinely think it's one of the best things you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, leading into all of that, like you speak a lot about this in your new book, which you've been uh, talking a lot about online lately. How did that process begin for you of wanting to you know, kind yeah, of channel? Who's, a, who's the lot? idea? Like who went. Did someone yeah, come to you um, or did you go, no, I no, 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 no one came to me. It was like, um, I listened to another book. So I listened to a lot of audio books when I'm doing other stuff. Um, cause I can't read and no, I'm joking. I can read, but, um, <laughs> but I, uh, but, but because, because, you know, I do other things with my hands, listen, you know what it's like, you're in driving or something. And, uh, I was, I I'd kind of had this idea for a book anyway, that had been, f- forming like i've just written all these notes down on like a google doc or something that was sort of like about just my experiences being in a band and and then starting a business and things like that and it had been like slowly crystallizing over time because i always kind of said like my genuine my thing was like like i just said like i think like people don't take it seriously enough being in a band like this is the best kind of setup for life in the sense that and there's all these transferable skills. So I've been writing all this stuff down. And then I, I listened to another book. I think it was like by like Daniel Priestley or something. It was, uh, what was it? It was Key Person of Influence. That was it. So I had this book and it sounds like, you know, it's one of those business books. A lot of, after my sort of mental breakdown, I listened to a lot of self-help stuff. Some of it was good. Some of it was rubbish as, 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 as you know, as happens. But um, that book, Key Person of Influence, had there was just one bit in it that just said write the fucking book like if you have an idea for a book what you're waiting for just write it and i just took it really seriously it was like a kick up the ass i just listened to it and I, was, I just went yeah actually why don't i just do that because that's what we are as creatives like you have ideas and you do things and you're doing yourself and everyone else a misservice if you don't then make that into a thing Act on it, yeah. and i my one of my biggest bugbears is like Seth Rogen actually recently went on. Have you heard of Diary of a CEO, the podcast? He went on there and he talked about like his creative process and stuff. And he, he talked about that a lot. Just like 
like just don't give up just keep doing things and if you have an idea like like bring it into life um so that was basically it i had this idea i'd been making notes i i heard this thing and they gave me a kick up the ass and went and i was like yeah i'm gonna write this i did it and i'm not i'm not good at writing which is not a thing I, but i just thought that's the beauty of the creative process really isn't it it's like you get this amazing feeling of like like releasing like something out into the world and then i think as, as artists sometimes we can be perfectionists and like hold on to things too much and worry about it but yeah i think another thing i learned from my time is just like if you love things that's what the book's about it's called obsessed to progress and it's just about if you genuinely you're passionate about stuff get it out there just share it with the world because it's the best for you and it's best for everyone else and um i feel like yeah I've, i don't know i found a bit of a sort of meaning with my own life in the sense that like there's one thing i could do on this earth it's encourage like other people that are creatives and entrepreneurs or whatever it might be to have the confidence to just do it yeah you nice know? so that was it that was the long answer but it's like um yeah it was just uh, it how was, long did it, it take amazing. to write um it took about a year and a bit i oh. think it would have been a lot quicker if if i'd like written a book before like i basically started writing it did it my ideas for it kind of changed halfway through and then i um and then i sort of rewrote it a couple of times and then eventually i just went i just need to get this out into the world and got like a I didn't even get it properly edited. I just got like a copy editor to make sure I hadn't made too many spelling mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> then we got it out. Have you seen a lot of uh, positive reaction from people kind of taking... No, just negative. <laughs> just <laughs> negative. Well, yeah. no, we, we all see the negative stuff, but wherever we <laughs> yeah. do, we don't look burning. at the positive stuff. But uh, this is people in general kind of taking that idea on board and the subject of the book. And, and Yeah, the weirdest thing is actually some like, like good friends of mine have like... Uh, wow. You know, people like really love and i've just spent my life with have like read it and like i've literally today a friend of one of my best friends sent me a photo of the book that he was doing one of the exercises in it and like writing out like just like breaking down like his like goals and stuff it's just it, it's all in there but like i think that's the thing that touches you almost like like everyone's been amazing but like when people that you've been friends with since you were like that don't have to don't feel the need to massage my ego i like this is actually really good you're like oh wow so yeah it's been really really cool i think like anyone who ever creates anything should just get it out there don't hold on to it share it with the world it's your duty Mm. nice have you got um is there a second book coming (laughs) yeah i'm working on one yeah already yeah it's like more sort of marketing oriented this one so the first one is kind of about like how you build the self-confidence and sort of tools to um release what what you've what you're obsessed with to the world that's why it's called obsessed to progress like to harness your obsession put it out there and then the next one's more about like the more sort of like 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 the actual nuts and bolts of how you share that with people like the process of marketing things because i do some like marketing consultancy and stuff that's kind of what how i earned a couple of quid whilst i wasn't in a band um and you know like i said i learned everything i knew from being in a band so you kind of you become a marketing expert basically so it's sharing all of that sort of stuff and kind of going look if you have something that you really love and you're working on it already the second book will hopefully be about sort of here's how to tell people nice nice well i'm glad you've been uh, creative with those kind of uh, influences as well but speaking of um life experiences yeah um it's been a pretty 
weird one for you lately being uh well friends slash enemies with uh, gordon ramsay yes yeah um, well, well how what like please tell us all about this yeah, that's a biggie. Um, I was like, actually, Gordon. I say Gordon. <laughs> Just Gordon. He's big, big fan of he, so he's got a Vilas Vampire's back piece. Yeah, we're on uh, we're on first name terms now. We're basically, <laughs> best mates. Um, now he he was really um, he was actually really nice to me like the whole way through, pretty much. No idiot. Yeah, didn't call you an idiot sandwich <laughs> once. No, like 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 he got a bit shirty on like one episode, but like I was kind of waiting for him to like rip me a new asshole. Yeah, yeah. But, like he just. He didn't like like he, he was like this fatherly figure almost, um, yeah. Bizarre experience is that so for anyone who doesn't know, I have I accidentally started a food business. This is kind of the way we talk about it. I have a hot sauce and seasonings company called Condomaniac, and we've been doing it since like 2019. It was one of those weird things that sort of come up when you have the time. I'm sure you've had this too to not just think about being a musician. You. The creative brain goes all over the place. We did it and um, it kind of grew into a thing. And then they actually contacted us like last year, start of last year. We're like, got an email from the BBC being like, hey, Louisa, you found your business online. It's really cool. Would you like to audition for this show? And I was like, I'd been thinking about, oh, maybe we should do some TV or something. So we did stupidly long casting process, like thousands of people going through it and going into London you have to do all these things you have to go through like psych evaluations and all stuff which I'm very, very surprised is that, that because the, oh. yeah because of what, after it goes on TV they know you're going to get people it's because there's been interested. a lot of um, there's been a lot of like trouble with, especially Love Island and stuff like that where people have like had very adverse like mental health reactions afterwards they just want to make sure that you're sort of You've got your oh, marbles yeah. there. Well, at least that's but, um, good that they fucking do that. Then, <laughs> they do, I do it, yeah. I thought that they did that and they would have just gone... No, yeah, no, no, they do it. Like, like, it's really different nowadays. Duty of care that they have to people that go on these kind of shows. I was really impressed by that, actually. Yeah, anyway, we went through that whole process and uh, took ages, about six months. Then about a week before we actually started shooting, you basically get told that you're going to do the show. Because it's always like final, final 100, final 50, final... 15 final 12 whatever it is and uh and then you do it and it's just f- bizarre really weird like again and i struggled because i long story short had my breakdown went on a drug called sertraline that's like a been there but been there yeah that uh, helps my brain i've got to go that. mental and then um I, I was worried i basically wouldn't be cast by the show if i told them that i was kind of still on this stuff oh, wow. so i kind of came off it went on the show and most of the show was just me detoxing from uh, oh, anti-anxiety oh. medication so I spent the about six seven weeks in a constant state of anxiety and then came off and I was basically fine until about well I wasn't fine actually I've been rubbish until a few couple of months ago and now I'm back on it because my brain apparently can't handle it so anyway that's the very short story it was really really harrowing experience yeah but like uh, I feel like when anxiety is a weird beast and when, like when you actually when the cameras roll you're kind of okay because you're doing your thing it's kind of like when you're in a band just sort of like right I've got to do this thing now I'm like actually showtime, showtime. Um, but uh, yeah so it was um, it was a real fucking really hard to be honest but it was, it's been really rewarding now because people have been like 
the reaction to the public has been from the public has been amazing I had a guy like pull me over on the tube the other day in London and was just like oh me and my girlfriend were like loving you on the show we were, like gutted that you didn't like win and stuff like that and I was like you know I was in seven out of the eight episodes I was pretty pleased with that but it's like yeah I don't know it's like nice when you just be yourself and people are like oh you're right actually yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's, oh, God, I like you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, that's such a mad experience, especially going through all that at the same time. So, yeah, fair play. I mean, how I, was um, Gordon, though, personally? Was he nice? Yeah, like, I, I, like I've said to a few people, like, he, I got a new respect for Gordon Ramsay going on that show. Like, I think the main thing I took away was he is the way he is, but, like, for a reason, in the sense that he really cares about food. Like, this is his craft. Mm, yeah. And when you're a, when you're a creative and you, and you, or, or anyone that's kind of, like, crafting anything, I call them makers in the book. Like, anyone, if you make something, if you're the kind of person that brings new things into existence, wherever that might be, uh, you, have, you have to respect someone that really cares about what they're making. And he really cares about food. And you could tell that, like, like he's Gordon Ramsay. Obviously, is doing his whole thing, is doing his dance. But like, under all of that, you can tell that the subject matter he cares about. And um, but that's, and that, that's that amazing that for you, really, because you'd think by now he'd just be like, oh, whatever, right, another show. Yeah, like, you tell me fucking action. I'll start shouting at these bastards till yeah, they cry. Yeah, it's weird, and, and and you get it, and he comes over, and he yeah, he really cares, especially when we were, when we were in his restaurant. That's when you're like. Like he can tell that he was like anxious because it's his reputation on the line, and that isn't just for the cameras. That is genuinely him, sort of caring about his baby. So yeah, that was um that was the main thing I took away from it. It's a good, oh, good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he's yeah. not a prick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gordon, if you listen to this, and I know you listen every week, just come on the podcast. Hey, yeah, we I oh, I'd love to see. Would I like to see it? You and him have a shout off. A shout off. A shout off. I was born to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Gordon, one on one. He's fucking bad. To- How tall is he? He is. He's. He's. Uh, he's a bit taller than me. Yeah, is I he think he is. He's reasonably tall. Not that I'm sizing him up for a fight. <laughs> you are. Yeah, how fucking big is Gordon? <laughs> oh, is he got a chest like me or what? <laughs> no, um, yeah. we, uh, we won't keep you too much longer because, you know, Sorry, wanna, you want to enjoy the festival and get it back out there. But, like, yeah, just speaking of, like, the band and all these experiences and just how life, crazy life has changed over the last couple of years, how would you sum up this part of your life today and this era of the band compared to maybe when it started and uh, and the kind of at the vocal point of everything that is a very very good question um uh grateful would be a big word because of all these kind of experiences and then um kind of not only that but like uh sort of so you can tell I'm struggling to like, like, like articulate it's so, so I'm, I'm grateful and also slightly sort of bemused and also like slightly kind of anxious about it all but then also really really fired up and like feeling more creative than I ever had and I, I, I think I've just learned a lot I think I'm in this phase of my life where I realise that all I want to do basically all I've spent this year thinking about all I want to do is make things that I'm proud of and share them with people and hopefully be able to like exist off that 
I don't need to be like a multi-millionaire. I've realized that, that it's, a, it's a privilege and, and it's an amazing feeling to be able to create new things and share them. So, and I, yeah, I feel very lucky to be able to do that. So yeah, that, that's kind of it. It's sort of like I've acquired hopefully a slight bit of wisdom and I hope it hasn't stopped either. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you sharing it with us Very today, mate. So. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, um, It's been great to see all the love and support for the yeah, last couple thanks, of years, Billy. and we're excited to see what's next. So, Thanks. You guys are flipping legends. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Thank you Cheers, very much. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Woo! I turned Mexican then. I'm not sure why. <laughs> so, apologies to any Mexican listeners. Um, that wasn't um, meant to be uh, racially motivated. It's just I was excited, and that's the noise that came out of me. So, if anything, it's a um, nod. It's a nod to your wonderful culture. So, anyway, moving on. Kind of quick, Morg. Dig me out of this gap before all of Mexico <laughs> kills me. That was the wonderful Kia Camp backstage at Download Festival 2023. Really appreciate him taking time out of an emotional and busy day to kind of sit with us backstage and just kind of dive into everything. I thought it was a really, really insightful conversation. He's someone we've had a lot of requests for um, since the band have gotten back together. I think there is a lot of uh, overlap of fans between themselves and the blackout and the podcasting stuff. So it's kind of nice to combine all of that and some mad stories about Gordon Ramsay and <laughs> working with him and... Uh, this book he's put out seems to be really, um, really helped a few people who have picked it up. Yes, I did promise Kia at download that I was going to pick it up. Um, but I am a terrible, terrible human and I hadn't yet. I'm going <gasps> to, I promise you, I promise you, I'm going to buy it after this now, right? And I'm going to screenshot the receipt <laughs> and we will use it on social media. Check out this book because it's a fucking massive help to a lot of people so far. So hopefully it can help me out and hopefully it can help you out. So make sure you go check that out. What a what a lovely, lovely conversation. And I'm surprised that the Blackout and Fearless Vampire Killers didn't kind of meet more back in the past. Mm. We, I think it's because we were both kind of on tour at the same time that we never kind of properly crossed paths. But it was lovely to sit down with him and have a full, great conversation with him. Thank you very much, Kia. You're a legend. Obsessed to progress. The book is available from all your local bookstores and all that. So go and check it out. Uh, the band are currently in the studio working on new music. They put out a little teaser 
um, of them all around a, uh, the production desk uh, the other day, which was nice to see. And they'll be playing Misery Loves Company Festival Saturday, the 30th of September, across four stages in Bristol, UK, along with Sean's Band Raiders and a bunch of friends of the podcast. Uh, speaking of some mad gigs happening this summer as well, uh, if you follow us at Satin Pod on Instagram and whatever you want to call Twitter slash X or whatever, um, we have been running a competition to give away two pairs of VIP tickets to see Limp Biscuit in Gunnersbury Park in London on Morgan. Sunday the 13th Morgan. of August. Don't tell them, man. Don't tell these fucking... <laughs> let's just... Ki- listen. I'm going to need two pairs of VIP tickets. <laughs> two pairs. Have they offered us VIP as well? Or is it, oh, that's all they've offered? Well, no, yeah, well we, we can go if we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh good. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, let's not give them away then. <laughs> Fuck people who listen to this, especially people who are, who are not part of the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash something to join. Um, yeah, we should have just kept them. Four of us could have gone and hung out with Limp. Like, do, do we have to give them away? Have they told us we have to give them away? We have to, yeah. So, yeah, oh, we do. For yeah, fucks. yeah, I know. <laughs> right, so the winner of those Limp Biscuit tickets was Scorn Scliff from <laughs> um, Tertha Midville in uh, Wouse Sales. Whatever Morgan was on about, ignore that. No, what? I can't believe we're giving away tickets. Go on, Morg, tell them more. If you want a chance to win, go to at Pod Twitter and Instagram, give us a follow, head to the post, like it, comment, follow the instructions there, and we'll be announcing the winners later on this week. We're going to be giving uh, one of those pairs away to a random person from social media, and another one's going to be randomly selected from our Patreon page. So if ah, you want an even yes. better chance of winning, sign up to patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, and you can go and see Limp Biscuit, Pendulum, Kenny Hoopla, and more in London, Sunday, the 13th of August. Tickets are available, though, if you don't win them. So, I mean, it's going to be a good time. Hopefully, we're going to be there moshing and just living L-I-M-P. Yes, um, hopefully, yeah. Um, hopefully, they sort of... Are they just going to sort us out, us out with normal tickets? Because, listen, I'm not <laughs> going to see Limbiscuit like some sort of normal scumbag civilian, Right. No, if we no. give away VIP tickets and then we get given normal tickets, <laughs> I'm going to murder you. Like he said, get in touch with us at Sapling Pod on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, TikTok. Well, don't get in touch with us on TikTok. It's pointless. I don't even know how to get the messages on TikTok. And I've got three TikTok accounts. So that's good news. So, but yes, at Sapling Pod. Accounts. Also, as he said, patreon.com forward slash Sapling to um, help support this podcast and uh, make it bigger and better each and every week. So yeah, if you don't and have never subscribed to our Patreon and you're listening to this and you've listened to a few episodes, you owe the people of the Patreon get over there and join in and then thank everybody because we could not do this podcast without Patreon. No, we could not. Everyone in there has been so supportive, not only to us, but to each other. Uh, their own kind of things they do. If pe- like, there's people in there who have bands, who have little businesses, who have massive bands and big businesses, and they all kind of interact with each other. Um, there's a great insight into different sides in the industry as well. And you know, if you're just a regular music fan, you just kind of like this stuff that we talk about and have guests on. You can meet some like-minded friends and have a really, really good time. So if you're interested in that, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. If you head to the description of this episode and all episodes, there's loads of names there that we thank. But as always, Sean's going to give him a hoosive shout out to the elite members 
of our Satman Podcast Patreon community, those are the lovely people in the top tiers. Yes, thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liuway, Janelle Caston, Paul Hirschfield, Kelly Owen, Scarlett Charton, Tony Michael, Dilly Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Mitch Perry, Natasha Morris, Emma Barber, Kat Besant, Molly Malloy and James Bowerbank, Alexandra Pembleton. Thank you very much for rejoining. Thank you very much. Jenny Robson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Stuart McNaught, Ellen Southfield, Stephen Aston, Callow Robson, Kate Puttock, Martina McManus, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, James McNaught, Jenny Munster, John and Emma, Jason Aredia, M. Evans Roberts, Craig Harris, Evan, Sean Fines, Emily Perry, Adam King of the Goths, Parslow, Khalil Keen, Ollie Amesbury, Josh, my missus is leaving me because of my obsession with poker, but I think she's bluffing crisp. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much Vicky she only got one name Joe Janaway Connor Lewins and last by no means least Kyle David Smith of Woo! Pay the Man and I Can't Die check out his band I Can't Die I like him very very much hey appreciate every single person who supports this thank you for anyone for listening uh, thank you for giving a damn about us make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast uh, share it with your friends put it in the Instagram story especially if you've enjoyed Please this do. one get out oh, there come on, tell your friends man they like taking back Sunday, said, tell all your friends. But we'll be back next Friday and every week with very special guests to make you laugh, maybe cry, who knows? Find out, innit? Find cry? out. Find out. I don't know. We could have a really depressing episode one week and just be like, oh, fucking hell. What? We do. <laughs> what do we have on, right? <laughs> what could we have on that would make us have an episode of. It's got to be, yeah, it's got to be someone who's been ill or something, really, isn't it? Let's not go into it now, but fuck, I can't believe you brought that up. What a weird end. Hey, if you listen to this Friday, 4th of August, and you live in the deepest, darkest valleys of South Wales, come to Abbott Hilary, come to the Dolls House, Raiders are playing. We're playing a four-band bill and we're not on till super late, so please come and watch us so we could do with somebody being there. Thank you very much. I've been Sean Smith. He's been Morgan Who Richards. Sapden! I've changed while I've been talking. Let me take the top off while I've been talking. <laughs> yeah, it's boiling, yeah. It's boiling. I look down, I look back up, and he's completely. I was like, have I been talking for a day? But yeah, nice one. Cheers, nice one. Ta. Nice one. Thank you, everyone. Sup, guys? Sup, man? Aye, aye, aye. It's a throwback to the Mexicans again, isn't it? You're listening to Sablin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>